back to my podcast of absolute randomness. Today I'm going to be reading some stories from r slash creepy encounters, where you post your manly creepy encounters here. I'd say a lot of these won't be mild, but whatever. Anyway. Now, we're going to read a bunch of stories. Uh, so I'll just choo- I'll choose some. Now some of these look pretty fictional, and they say non-fiction, but whatever. Anyway, this one is called "Trust Your Gut." Trust your gut. In 2017, I was walking my fiance's dog around our complex. It's pretty dark and creepy on a good day at night, but this was it just. But this day, it was just off. Something really didn't feel right. I noticed a car slowly creeping down the next way next to me. I got dropped and something in my head said run. So I did. And as I got out of sight I saw the car crawl up to the area and pick up speed and drive off as if scanning for someone. Under normal circumstances this would be simple paranoia. But it wasn't a normal time. I live in Tampa, and that time our city was on edge because a new serial killer had popped up and had, at this point, already killed four people. His MO, or motivation, seemed to be... I don't know what motive... Actually, I don't know what MO means. Seemed to be killing random people in the evening or early, early morning hours by shooting them. Even though they're all in one area, the police had that part of the city locked down, so many assumed that he'd either hold off to start or start another area literally a few days after this happened the police got the guy and turns out he lived right down the street from our apartment i'm glad i trusted my gut because i'm pretty convinced i could have been his fifth trust your gut always wow i've really okay well i've heard of serial killers that do execute their people with guns so I think there was a son of Samson killer. He killed people with guns. Uh, but yeah, damn, it's pretty, it's pretty spooky. <laughs> oh shit! Oh sh- what? Oh yo! There's a lot of these that really. I'm gonna upload this one quick. This one has barely any recognition. Uh. Okay, so I'm seeing a lot of these that I don't see why they're on the top. Like, what? Grown ass man, okay. No, top, yeah. Hmm. Okay. All time. Okay. Okay, okay. Oh shit, this one seems pretty. Alright, I was almost sex trafficked and didn't realize until nearly a year later. This is my first Reddit post and it's on my phone, so sorry if the formatting is a bit funky. I've had some creepy encounters before, but this is the only one where I am positive I was in danger. 
So I was 17 at the time and I really wanted to learn how to play guitar and this guy who I had a crush on offered to teach me how to play so we decided to meet at a park one summer afternoon. I got there a bit early and decided to just wait at a bench outside one of these little hut things that you see in generic suburban and every generic suburban park. Spot it rain really nice outside that day. The park was pretty empty. I think it was just me and some people off in the distance walking around the lake, but nowhere near me. So I'm sitting on my phone waiting for the guy to come, and all of a sudden a lady pops out of fucking nowhere. She was a fairly small lady that seemed to be in her 40s or 50s. I specifically remember being incredibly thin and almost dirty looking. Despite having her hair and makeup done well, wearing very nice clothing. All of this is important later. Okay, this is getting kind of sus, boys. So she walks up to me and tells me she likes my shoes. To which I give her a big smile and tell her where I got them. That was probably my first mistake. Then she sits down and begins to start a conversation with me. Asking how old I was, where I lived, went to school, all of that stuff. Now, I immediately thought that this was weird, but my hometown is super safe. The police are basically just pest control here for animals. They get into stores and such. The lady was incredibly small, so I knew I could take her down if I needed. And she was speaking with an accent, and I didn't seem to know much English. So I figured that maybe she was new here, and just wanted to make friends. And I didn't want to seem rude. So I kept talking to her and just giving her vague answers whenever I could. And then all of a sudden she says, Oh, you're so beautiful. I love your skin and hair. And without giving me time to react, pulls out her phone and takes a photo of me. Okay, now I'm starting to freak out. But, and I know this was dumb of me, I'll tell myself that maybe this was just a cultural difference. I wasn't actually that weird. Yeah, I doubt that. So I kind of just didn't react and just hoped the guy would show up soon. So at this point the lady has been talking to me for about 15 or 20 minutes and I'm getting pretty weirded out and trying to take my responses as short as possible in hopes that she leave. Which he does. Finally, finally the guy shows up. It's a big military guy and that doesn't look like someone you'd want to fuck with. So I immediately felt safe and made it clear that I knew him. Because this lady was so, sitting so damn close to me, he thought we knew each other so went up to her and introduced himself. She did not like that at all. Her face kind of fell as soon as she saw him and she tried to hide it but still hardly spoke to him or acknowledge him at all and instead turned to me and asked if he was my boyfriend. Him and I said very quickly and said no and made it clear we were just friends. Oh apparently she complete well apparently she completely ignored us saying that because almost immediately she gets up and says oh you guys are such a cute couple and pulls out her phone and takes yet another photo of me but this time in a way that she got my full body in the shot. She takes the, after she takes the photo, pretty much immediately leaves. And I noticed that she went around a big corner towards the bathroom and just disappeared. I never saw her come out the other side. The guy I was with asked me if he knew that lady. And I said I didn't, and she just started talking to me. And we both just kind of went, huh, weird. And go to a guitar lesson. Having my crush at the time teaching me how to play guitar was clearly my main focus at this point. And I pretty much forgot about the weird encounter and didn't really mention or think about it again. Until about a year later, so a little context for you guys, pretty soon after my encounter at the park, I moved away to Spain for a year for college. So that this story takes place there. I was sitting in my dorm one night, falling down a YouTube rabbit hole, and I stumbled upon videos of people telling their sex trafficking stories, and all their encounters seemed very similar to me. 
All of a sudden, I remember the encounter I had with the lady at the park. I decided to Google sex trafficking in my hometown to calm my nerves, because there's no way this lady was a sex trafficker, right? Oh boy, I was wrong. I Google my town and... I was in my hometown and immediately an article pops up about a woman being arrested in my hometown in September for running two sex trafficking rings in my town. Just two she kidnapped just two months after I met her. I can't I'm thinking this can't be the same lady and continue reading about how she kidnapped women and girls in my town and held them hostage at a, at a massage centre and would sell them in the US and ship them out of country and stuff like that. And then I and then I got get to a mugshot and my blood goes cold. On the screen, I see a small lady with a description saying that she's in her 50s. I recognize her immediately and freak out and FaceTime the guy that was with me and show him the mugshot. Mugshot to confirm is her. And without me saying anything, he says, Oh, that's the lady we met in the park. Needless to say, I lost my shit. And just freaked out for a day or two. The thing that probably freaks me out the most without was that as far as I'm able to find out she was the only person arrested, there's no way this lady worked alone. She was incredibly, incredibly tiny. Enough to the point that I didn't feel threatened by her at all. When we interacted and there was no way she would have been able to take someone without help, yet no one else was found guilty of sex trafficking in my town or anywhere nearby. I've since moved back to my hometown and I truly think, I truly think moving away for a year may have saved my ass. Although I still don't know if someone else has this picture of me. Whoa, that's kind of... That's kind of freaky, man. Jesus. Like... Yeah, that's just, this just goes to show that like it's not men that just sex traffic. So like... So a lot of people here are saying that like... A lot of people here are saying that like... You know, do you know how, like, usually, like, expect a trafficker to, like, use bait, maybe, to lure women, like, to the clutches? But there's been a lot of more cases where the woman sex trafficking rings are actually run by women, and they kind of go up and sell as a mask. Alright, so, I'm going to try calling my friend again and see if I can get into a conversation with him. Should be important for my podcast. Oh god damn it, he hung up on me. He must be watching stuff I guess. Oh well. Uh let's on to a next story. Oh shit.
Okay, oh shit, right after reading over this. Alright, let's start reading this. I was always one I always wonder what they are planning for me. I was around thirteen years old and at the shopping centre with my parents. I wanted to go off on my own and wander around myself by myself for a little while and my parents agreed. After a little while I was stopped by a woman in casual clothes. She told me that she was an undercover cop and I was suspected of shoplifting. Because I was young, I was terrified. I didn't ask her for ID or anything like that. I didn't know I could question authority. She asked to look through my bag and I let her, insisting I hadn't stolen anything. She asked me how old I was and who I was there with. She asked, she now asked me something that sends chills down my spine. Are your parents expecting you to go home with them tonight? I told her of course they were. Why wouldn't be? She then insisted I had to follow her and to go out figure out this shoplifting thing. I went. She was leading me towards the exit. And by the grace of God, before we got there, we bumped into my dad. He asked what was going on and I told him. As I was explaining the situation, the woman got on her phone and I was talking to someone saying things like, Oh, this isn't the right girl? Then hangs up and says, Sorry, wrong person, and abruptly walks off. My dad and I stood there dumbfounded. When my mum found out about the situation, she was really unimpressed by the way the undercover cop, in big fucking quotation marks, handled the situation. She took me to the centre management the next day and complained to them about how I was treated by their undercover cop. And the woman then answers, we don't employ undercover cops in this undercover cops in this centre. I have no idea for that what that woman planned. I have no idea what that woman planned for me. But I thank my lucky stars every day that we ran into my dad. Shit, she was definitely about to be outdubted. Damn, bro. Jesus, that's ingenious. Pretending to be an undercover cop. Damn. Scary. Okay. What other... Okay, what other stories are there on here? Oh. Okay. So a lot of... Okay, so this one is called My Ex-Worker, My Ex-Co-Worker Kept Inviting Himself to My House Because He Thought We Could Have an Affair. Well, he's a fucking virgin. Too long, don't read. My ex-co-worker kept inviting himself over to my house and eventually hit on me in the grossest way. This is a story about a time when I found out I was more naive than I thought I was. I think we all have a few stories like this from when we were young. I'm a female and in my I'm a female and I was in my twenties I dropped when I was in my twenties I dropped out of college and worked at a call center for a few years before finishing my degree. The place I worked at paid a lot higher than most call center works, so I had relative I had a relative I had sorry <laughs> so I had a relative rel it had relatively low turnover and people stayed there for a long time and developed friendships with the co-workers. I became friends with a guy whose desk was next to mine because we worked the same shift. I'll call him Brad. Brad was seven or eight years older than me and he was married with a daughter. 
we hit it off right away because we were both cynical and sarcastic and we often thought we were the most sophisticated people in our call center believing many of our co-workers to be rubes and goody two-shoes i'm so glad i have since grown out of that immature way of thinking okay we started hanging out sometimes after work going out for beers brad lived in the next city over which is about 30 miles away. Traffic was always terrible going back to his town in the evening. So sometimes he'd want to chill and blow off some steam while letting the traffic thin out. I was still at the stage where I was drinking in a bar it was a novelty. So I was happy to get after work beers. All right, uh, hang on a sec, guys. I'm just gonna get my phone for a sec because you know I left it outside and shit. My dumbass friend has been in contact with me. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm back here. Uh, okay, well, I'm back, I guess. Alright, so I'm just gonna text my friend, guys, just to see if he's online or not. What the fuck is he doing online? Well, I guess I'll just continue with the story. Sorry if I left abruptly. I was never attracted to Brad, but to my mind, we are nothing than work buddies. He was married with a kid, and I'm not attracted to cheaters. Even if Brad hadn't been married, his personality would have prevented me from being attracted to him, because he could be really annoying. Brad was really pushy with his opinions. He was always trying to force books, CDs, and DVDs on me. It was the early 2000s. And then would pester me relentlessly afterward, asking how I liked it. He was always really insistent that I agree that whatever he recommended was better than the stuff I liked. This may not sound like such, but it was super annoying and totally invalidating. CD, we didn't have the same taste, so I never liked the stuff he recommended. I quit accepting things from him after about the second time, but he would still try to force books and things on me, and he'd pout when I told him I wasn't interested in talking and taking them. The only other time I've had people do this was when I was dating them, and I didn't like it then either. I eventually got fired for clocking in one minute late from lunch or breaking another 
for the pointlessly draconian call centre rules. Brad took me out for beers the day I got fired, and I fully expected to never see him or any of my call centre workers, co-workers again. A few weeks later, though, however, Brad had texted me on a Saturday night to say he had been out with friends in my town, and did I want to meet up for beers. I told him no, that I was in for the night. He texted me back saying he just put a six-pack I was headed to my house. He knocked on my door about a minute later. I'm definitely not the type of person who appreciates unexpected visitors. I curse the fact that I'd invite Brad, that I've invited Brad to a party a few weeks later, earlier, and given him my address. I couldn't see any way out of it, so I let him in and drank a few beers while he prattled about various co-workers that I was no longer interested in. And when I started getting tired, about 10.30, I asked Brad to leave. He started pouting and whining and that it was too early and he didn't want to go home yet. Basically, I had to push him out the door. Jesus. Could you imagine having to, like, push your own boyfriend out the door? That's, like, really just, whoa. Okay, well, not boyfriend, but come on, just having to push a grown man out of the door. How pathetic must that grown man be? Seriously. Anyway, let's continue. I ghosted Brad after that. I would get texts periodically on Saturday nights that just said, You home? Or worse. I did a drive-by and it looks like your car is gone. You out? Wanna meet up? He even knocked on my door a few times when I was home, to which I hid until he was gone. He never did this stuff when we worked together. I didn't know why he was so interested now. I don't know why he was so presumptuous in th thinking that showing up in my house was okay. Other than that, I was single and I assumed, assumed I wanted company. Dude, this motherfucker's married. A year and a half later, I'd quit working with Brad. I ran into him downtown. I'd been having lunch with my friends. I was walking back to my car when I spotted him sitting outside a cafe by himself. He waved me over and I ended up having a cup of coffee with him. He whined at me about ghosting him and because I was so young I didn't know any better. The kill drip worked. He talked me into letting him come over with beers for a low-key hangout. Brad showed up later that evening with a six-pack and some crappy book that his friend had written that he said I just had to read. From the minute he got there, all he wanted to do was talk about these co-workers at the call centers who had an affair and left their spouses for each other. <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> this is the hot gossip I was missing out on since I no longer worked there. I honestly didn't care because I no longer worked there. But Brad won't shut up about it. He analysed it in great detail, speculating about all the different aspects of their relationship and how it affected their kids, their exes, and all kinds of things that were none of my concern. I regretted letting him invite I regretted letting him invite himself over. Somehow the word orgasm came into our conversation. Br Brad took the opportunity to say, OP, when was the last time you had an orgasm that was given to you by someone else? All the air went out of the room. Now I understand why he wanted to come over to my house for so badly. For some reason, he thought I thought he wasn't that kind of stu person. Stupid me. You need to leave, I said. I fucked up, he replied. I didn't mean anything by it. I was just wondering. You need to leave, I repeated. Aw, you're not really mad, are you? He asked with a surprised look on his face. I walked to the front door and opened it. Leave now. Don't call me. Don't text me. Don't show up here with beers. Get out. He came to stare at me incredulously. Wow, you're actually mad. I just glared at him. Back to him. He shrugged and set his beer down. Okay, boss. He walked slowly to the door, still with a disbelieving look on his face. 
Once he got over the threshold, he turned to look at me again and started to say something else. I shut the door in his face. He immediately called and left me a long voicemail, which I didn't listen to. We continued with periodic texts and voicemails in the following weeks, as well as an invitation to a Halloween party he and his wife were throwing. I would have blocked him, but this is before you could easily do that. I never spoke to him again. When he later tried to friend me on social media, I blocked him. I know this isn't creepy in the same way as being followed home by a stranger, but... But, and Brad didn't get aggressive and left when I asked him to, but it could have gone differently. He was in my house and nobody knew he was there. He invited himself over and showed up at my house for months, even though I'd ignored him. He didn't respect my boundaries when I asked him to stop contacting me, and I'm not a flirty person. I didn't lead him on or make him think I was interested in him, other than having conversations about books, movies and stuff. I thought we were friends, and I thought we were gonna, and he thought we were gonna have an affair. I hope his wife left this dumbass. Whoa. Damn. That's a... Damn. Like, what the fuck? Like... This guy's definitely, like... He definitely is not happy with his marriage, from what I can tell. This Brad guy. Like, to tr invite yourself over to girls' houses and then trying to convince them to have sex with you by asking them when's the first time they had an orgasm like dude what kind of pickup line is that seriously you literally have nothing else to say alright uh and now I'll just read one more story actually you know what I'll read two more stories cause I'm feeling because I'm feeling... Oh, shit. Okay. Alright, this is a short one, but I guess I'll just read two more after this. Treacher tried to groom me. Ew. I was a naughty kid, always that kid trying to make everyone laugh, disrupting classes, and disrespecting teachers. I had a permanent naughty chair at the front of the, every subject I attended right next to the teacher. This one particular teacher named Mr. Stone taught science, and a naturally inquisitive boy, I was sincerely asking questions about the human body. He then switched the conversation to sexuality and asked if I know if I like boys or girls. Remember, I remember I immediately answering girls. At one point she told me I haven't even matured to the point of being able to answer that question and asked if he w I wanted to stay back to talk about it. I knew something was off. Something strange. I think the next lesson I threw a beaker at his head barely missing him and was permanently removed from his class and almost expelled. Ten years later this scumbag gets raided with thousands of images of tall pornography that he had produced of little boys from my school. He had been grooming children before and after I left. Man I wish that beaker hit him and bit of glass shattered into his juggler causing him to bleed out. Holy sh- Oh, dude, I felt fucking violated reading that. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are saying it's a good thing you made yourself a pain in the ass to him. So that way he didn't want to like groom me anymore. 
Alright, I'll read one more, and then I'll read one that I personally submitted to this subreddit. Okay, this one is called Pedo at Arby's. And this is, let's see. This is quite a long one. So it's quite a long one, man. Right. Pedo at Arby's. This is my first post on Reddit, so forgive me if I'm not very good at telling the story. But I saw the subreddit and I knew I had a story to share. About a year ago, I was working as a wage slave cashier at my local Arby's. At the time of my encounter, I had been working there for just about three weeks. So I was used to the shit that normally goes down in the lobby at the fast food. <sighs> Past 8pm. Lots of stoners. Okay. However, things would usually stay pretty normal before then. Which is why the man I'm going to talk about struck me as odd. At around four... At around four, I see an old white Ford with a two times four in the place. Okay, I don't, I don't know if it's properly, I don't know if it's proper to say two times four. Uh, like, I don't know. I really don't know if it's proper to say two times four. But anyway. Uh, the place of a bumper roll up and park at an odd instance from the door in the empty parking lot. This guy's already creeping me out. Anyway. I see a man get out of the white car. I kind of lose focus on the order at hand. And when I see this man stumble towards the building. He had half of his face covered in a long beard. And the other half was clean shaven. He had a greasy mullet and cut off jean shorts. He was clearly a meth head. As I finish the order I'm taking. I, sit, I see him sitting down in a booth. And just out of sight of the register. But where I know... But where I now, <laughs> where I know he can see both exits and the restrooms, since major alarm bells are already going off, I tell the drive-through guy about it, about our little creep situation during a lull in the business. Just as I finish relaying all the information to him, I see the little boy run into the bathroom. I turn to my coworker and says, "If he gets up, I'm going to clean the bathroom to keep an eye on him." And no, to surprise, Meth Head gets up and staggers towards incomprehensibly to himself. Talking towards, talking incomprehensibly to himself. Sorry, my bad. <clears throat> Alright. Towards the bathroom. I quickly grab the spray bottle and exit the kitchen and open the bathroom door just after the man. He sees the lock stall the boys clearly in and turns around to find me eyeing him in the corner that I'm cleaning. So he quickly pretends to wash his hands and goes back out to the car without ordering. He doesn't leave though. I alert a manager, a rather large but really nice guy about the situation, and he has and he keeps an eye on him. Several times throughout the night, from four to about six thirty, he followed families and sometimes sitting in his spot. Sometimes ordering something and sometimes throwing it away before sitting down. However, the final straw was when he followed another boy into the bathroom. Again, I cleaned the mirror and he washed his hands before bolting back to his car. This time our manager was starting to freak out about our friend. But one of the drive-thru regulars, an off-duty cop, came through. The manager asked him to go talk to the guy and see what he was up. The officer agreed to go check him out. As they see the cop's SUV come round in the front of the building and park a little way away from the Ford, as the officer steps out, I see the Ford lights turn on and pull away. I think being caught into the bathroom after a little boy twice tipped this guy off that he wasn't slick, so he ran at the slightest notion of confrontation.
I'm happy that I was working register that day because I, I was always very observant on register. I got used to druggies, but that guy was the only customer I'd ever had in my two months there that really creeped me out. Ew, fucking greasy ass pedo. Jeez. The fuck? Ew, yo, that guy, Jesus Christ. On top of that, like, he even has a fucking greasy mullet. He's like a textbook pedo. <sighs> Alright, so... I don't know whether I should read one more story before reading mine. But... Hmm. Okay, uh, this one. Okay. Oh, she removed the post. She removed the post, wasn't there? Okay, I guess I'll just go on to my one then. Okay. Yeah, okay, so I'm just okay, sorry if I'm taking a lot of times. I'm just look so I'm just uh Alright. Sorry, alright, this one. She seemed like such a sweet old lady. Okay, so it turns out she hadn't deleted it, but on her account she had. Okay. Shit, somebody's laughing inside. I think call me my dad. When I was 10, my family moved into a new neighborhood. The first person we met lived across the street. Millie, not her real name. A nice elderly lady who was always out on the porch swing with her cats. She told us that she was a widow and a grandmother had just who lived in the house. Grandmother who lived in the house for forty years. She was excited to have kids, my sister and I, on the block again. She seemed just like a lonely old lady and gave off no red flags or showed any strange behaviour. One afternoon, a week or two after moving in, my mom and I were unpacking some boxes when we heard screaming from across the street. I ran outside as a reckless kid. Well, my mom called the police. I saw a woman who I'd never seen before running out of Millie's house, bleeding from her arm and hand, screaming for help. Millie came out of the door yelling, Get out of my house, older and older, wanting a bloody kitchen life. Terrified, I ran inside crying. The police arrived and took both women away, leaving us to wonder what was going on. A few, years, a few days later, my mom met the stabbed woman, Holly again, not her real name, which explained what had happened. Millie had never lived in the house, and the cats she loved so much were really Holly's. some point, she found a spare key Holly kept in a key hider in the garden, and had been going into the house during the day, but leaving before Holly returned. 
Holly had noticed some things were off in her home at night, but didn't think much of it. On the day of the attack, Holly came home early and found Millie in her kitchen. Millie screamed and meant after her with a knife to manage to get out of her house. Millie was deeply mentally ill and had a delusion that it was her house, her cats, her neighbourhood for most of her life. The police had to hold Holly had told Holly that she seemed to be particularly attached to the cats and that perhaps her connection to them triggered the delusions. Remembering the story, I always feel a mix of sadness and being creeped out. Holly moved away a year or two after the incidents. It's a mystery what happened to Millie, though. If she got help, was put in institution, prison, taken in by her family, I'll never know. Damn. That's kind of, that's not really creepy, though, isn't it? That's more sad. She's an old woman, a squatter, who thinks that this is their house. Okay, a lot of people are saying that this is creepy. Oh shit, they actually have a... They have a lot of... Oh crap. They have a lot of... A lot of they have a lot of stories. Okay, one commenter had a, had a story here saying, Yeah, we had a case of sweet old lady in my town about 25 years ago who just doted on the neighborhood kids. One day when a young mother and children were passing by, she asked to take the toddler inside for treats. I proceeded to hack up the throat of a toddler with a butcher knife. The kid barely survived. Turned out the woman had been diagnosed with schizophrenia 30 years earlier, but had destabilized. Her family apparently shrugged off her hallucinations. That's a shit family. So after a big whoop-de-doo, she got put in probation, only with greatly reduced bond because her husband had money and good connections. Fucking corrupt bastards. The neighbours weren't too happy about this, and of course the poor victim's family was thoroughly terrorised. I think they moved. Eventually all hell breaks loose when I discovered it's the woman's family was not supervising her, part of the terms of probation. On top of that, they also failed to mention she wasn't taking her meds. Bro, this is a corrupt ass family, bro. She like, they corrupting everyone over here. Well, this time the woman goes to jail. Her family complained she was being unfairly persecuted, the whole town was in an uproar. She's not being unfairly persecuted. She's a. F She's not being. Just take her goddamn meds. <laughs> she could have just taken her goddamn meds. Like, couldn't she? Like, Lily just needed to take her goddamn meds. Her family is a really bad family, in my opinion, for insisting that there's nothing wrong with her when she's clearly been diagnosed and needs help. She eventually got paroled about five years ago for health reasons and moved to a small town in another state. On being interviewed, her new neighbours weren't too happy about the situation in view of the woman's track record for staying on her med. So yeah, sweet little old ladies who just love children. I'm gonna give that an award, you know. I actually think that's a really cool story. I'm gonna give that an award. Okay. Oh shit, I need coins though, don't I? Oh shit. Made coins. Oh. Oh, that's some bullshit. You need PayPal to give awards. Okay, anyway. But yeah, sure. That was a pretty creepy story. Okay. So... 
Yeah. Okay. Well, let's read my personal story. Uh. Yeah, sure. Let's read. Let's read my personal story. That happened. Uh, I'm just going to new. Should be here. Is this it? No. Alright, there's one here that I, I'll, I'll read it before we're going on to mine. Creeper Shriner and Pedophile Encounter. During the 4th of July, my family and I went to a huge parade in town. It was all fun and games as we watched the floats go by and scramble for candy. That was when the local Shriners started going by in their mini cars used specifically for, parade, for parades. They were in the parade for publicity for their hospital. Anyway, one of the old men walked up to me and my cousin and pointed on my sister, who was 13 at the time. He smiled creepily and said, Is she married yet? My cousin and I shifted uncomfortably and looked at each other. No, we responded. He nodded and walked over to my sister. I didn't hear what happened as she refused to talk about it later. He gave her a hug and whispered in her ear and then kissed her cheek. Ew! Fucking old ass pedo. Fucking old ass pedo. Not fucking version boy. My uncle saw and intervened. The shiner dude just put his hands in the air and walked away laughing. I'm not sure who they are really. So anyone never heard a scene before, I'd post a link to photos of their parade cars. Not the Shriners in my area, just a random bunch I googled. Ew. What the fuck? This is normal in America. Thank God in Ireland this doesn't happen. Or maybe it does, I don't know. Alright, so I- What the fuck? <laughs> I have a picture here of Shriners and they look like fucking... Oh, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> so this this only seems to happen in North America. Jesus, now that I look at them, these are... These guys could well be pedos. Like, they even got that mini car and stuff. How the fuck do they even drive that? That looks like they have no legs. Jesus. Okay, so... You know, actually not. Fuck it. I've decided I'm going to search a completely different subreddit and then read it before doing mine. Actually, you know what? Screw it. Yeah, actually not. Change of plans. I'm not going to read my story for tonight's episode. I'll read that, like, I'll read my story a different day. You know, special treat. I forget. A lot of listeners and a lot of followers. If we can reach at least 50... Or a hundred followers for a hundred. If we if we can reach at least maybe a hundred followers, I'd read my story. Actually, you know what? That's asking for too much. Like, I don't know. I'll read my story whenever I fucking feel like it. Ask. I don't want to be begging for followers. Okay, I'll just search up a random subreddit. Uh, um. Um. 
Trying to look for one that's good stories, you know. Hmm. Oh, Arshat Let's Read Official. That's what I'm part of. They always seem to have a. Oops. They always seem to have uh, quite the few stories. Let's just go to top. Time. Okay. Okay. So if you guys don't know, let's read. I'd highly suggest you listen to their podcast. I listen to them. I think they're very, very good okay so uh, okay the crazy couple of friends true scary okay so bear with me as I kind of suck telling that stories without some rambling I changed the names for anonymity's sake I'll give you a little background and then drive him into the story. My husband, we'll call Michael, are in our early 30s. We have two toddlers. The couple I will talk about, I call Liz, and her husband, we'll call Klinger. Now let's dive into the story. I was scrolling through Facebook when I noticed a post on one of her local Talk of the Town groups. Liz posted saying she isn't from the area. I wanted to know where everyone hangs out and said she wants to make friends. Me, being my outgoing self, decided to comment saying, I'll be your friend. I know, I know, it was a very stupid idea on my part, and I let my overly trusting and friendly personality get the best of me. You sure didn't. OP. Liz and I started Facebook messaging and quickly realized we had a lot in common. Kinger and I had mutual Facebook friends, so that made me more inclined to meet up. I arranged for the four of us to get a dinner and hang out. We had a good time and shared the same sense of humor. It turned into Liz and I hanging out weekly and Klinger involving Mike to play inviting Mike to play pool every week, sorry. Mike was working a very demanding job that made it hard for him to have the same time to hang out, and when he did have time, he was too tired. Well this made Klinger turn in a bit crazy. Klinger asked okay, well I see where the name Klinger now goes. I'll see whether you why you gave him Klinger. Klinger asked if Mike could go to pool tonight and he said no because of work. Klinger completely freaked out. He started texting Mike that he was going he was being a part-time friend and he couldn't deal having a friend that didn't give enough effort. He said that Mike was leading him on as a friend. Naturally Mike and I thought, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Mike started saying that Klinger was overreacting and that he had no obligations that he has obligations like work and family time. He said that he doesn't have to be Klinger's friend and to chill out. Mike ignored Klinger's message, all messages from Klinger, and we went about our days. Liz and I still out hung, Liz and I still hung out regularly, just us girls, and figured out that Mike at Klinger didn't have to hang out with us. 
thought, okay, problem solved. Wrong. Klinger started messaging me saying that he doesn't understand why Mike wouldn't want to hang out with him. And he wasn't being nice. I tried to explain to him that he's got a lot going on and to chill out. This just pissed him off and he lashed out by saying that Mike didn't give me enough me time. That everyone deserves that. He insisted that Mike would take time for himself and have guys nights week weekly. I told Klinger that him and Mike won't have to be friends and that it's not a big deal. You would think I would have cut Klinger out of my life right then and though that and thought that I could be friends with only Liz. Then I started to notice that Liz was becoming too clingy, and he would and would get mad if I felt like say, and if I and would get mad if I said I felt like just hanging out at home instead of with her. She made me feel guilty for wanting to have home alone time, so I, so my idiot self fell for it, and I thought that it would be wrong for me to leave her, to leave her to be lonely as she didn't have anyone in the area. This made, this turn made me more. This turn made me spend more money than we could afford as she always wanted to get drinks or food. Mike and I started arguing because Liz would twist things I said to her that Klinger would spit them out to Mike. I thought about ending our friendship when I wanted to give her the benefit of the doubt. This all changed when I got a text from Liz asking Mike if asking if Mike and I would want to come over and do Molly with them. I'm not into drugs except some weed occasionally. <laughs> you know, you gotta have that weed. Okay, well, I don't do weed. I'm only 14. So, yeah. 14-year-old running a podcast, but not smoking weed. The most normal thing that ever happens, I know. Anyway, I'll get on with the story. None to drugs except some weed occasionally. So I definitely wasn't about to go over to their place and do Molly. I said that we couldn't and that I'm not into it. Anyway, plus, we didn't have a sitter. Liz had the audacity to say we should bring our kids over with us. And their kids could play with them. I told her absolutely not, and she got mad and said that it was a bad. And I said that it was a bad idea. Well, obviously. Meanwhile, Klinger is nonstop texting Mike, saying that he's a piece of shit alcoholic and that he doesn't give it to me enough. Mike and I were totally taken aback at this, as this came out of nowhere, and I never complained about my sex life to Liz or Klinger. In fact, I told Liz that I was content with her sex life. I did mention Mike drinking a lot of the time, but didn't go further into the detail, as it wasn't some big secret. He had a drinking problem around this time, but that's a story for another time. Klinger then lectured Mike about him needing to quit drinking and he's a piece of shit father, just like his dad. My husband has a share of issues and he's certainly not a piece of shit dad and it's dramatically improved since this occurred. Klinger then said that our kids are annoying and ugly. He told Mike that our son shouldn't have a pacifier and how we are intentionally screwing up his teeth. Keep in mind that they're around 16 to 17 months and 3 years old with standard tantrums. Mike said he was done with the conversation that there was no reason for him to disrespect our family which obviously included a few choice words. Mike said that he doesn't care what his sexual preference is, is but that Klinger seems to be looking for a boyfriend not a friend and that he's not into men. Klinger lost his shit and told Mike he would beat his ass and break him in half. Mike blocked him and everything and then I texted Liz saying that our friendship was over due to her psycho husband. After we blocked them, we didn't hear from them again, but I was nervous and for a good month that and I was but I was nervous for a good month that Klinger would show up at our house trying to do something and try to do something. I didn't mention I didn't help knowing that Klinger regularly went on the dark web and hearing all the horror stories surrounding that. This guy goes on the dark web? Okay.
Okay, so he's really clingy, wants to always be with his friends, in big fucking quotation marks. I was always in the dark. Okay, he's probably a pedophile. I also, at the time, they lived, ten mi I lived about 10 minutes away. Thankfully, I knew that beforehand, that we would be moving to a city about 40 minutes away in the near future. So I knew that it would be unlikely that I would run into them. So long story short, I learned the hard way... Learn the hard way that when it comes to friends, it's quality, not quantity of friendships. We have a good, a couple good friends who are more to hap and are more than happy with it. So, psycho couple, psycho couple, let's not ever meet again. Edit. Added a couple more details that I forgot to include. So fix and so f and fix so grammatical errors. Okay. Damn. Well, a lot of people are saying they should have beat up the couple for insulting their kids, but they said that, like, you know what? That wouldn't have been a good idea. And, you know what? I agree with most people. Like, they could have easily beaten them up, and, you know, they probably could have gotten the police called on them, and they would have ended up in jail, not the ones who actually need to end up in jail, you know, Klinger and Liz. But, yeah, they, could, they did good ending-ish, and I think that de-escalated the situation fairly quickly. Jeez. Can't actually believe that there's couples out there that are actually that entitled to like friendship. Whew. Right. Well, that's well, that's the time. All the time we have for today, guys. Actually, no. I'm just. I'm sorry. I'm just. Okay. That's kind of. That's kind of ripping off stories with Jesse. Started to. Okay. I'm sorry. Shout out to Stories with Jesse, though. He's a very good podcast. Anyway, uh, yeah. I suppose, sorry. F yeah, okay, that, that was just ripping off. Anyway, well, uh, I'm feeling tired, and I think that's all the stories I'm going to do. I'll read my own story on Creepy Encounters someday, whenever the fuck I feel like it. So, yeah. Uh, okay, so that should be the end of this podcast. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you, perhaps, in the other episode. Right, bye.